Hi there, and welcome to the Beatle Brothers Podcast. Brian and Joe Flynn are from Ireland. They're lifelong Beatles fans. In this series of podcasts, they reflect on the life and times, the influence and the immortal music of the Fab Four. This is an essential listen for all fans of the Beatles. Hello there, and welcome to another podcast from the fabulous Beatle Brothers. The Beatle Brothers being myself, Joe Flynn, and my brother Brian, and we're doing a series of podcasts on the Beatles and everything related to Beatledom. Before we start and uh, get into the topic of today, which I guarantee you will be interesting, I'd just like a quick shout out, thank you, to two people who have helped us with this series of podcasts. One is my own son, Ian, who's a music producer based in London, and the other is Colin McGrath, who works in Clare FM and has been very, very helpful to us putting them up online and so forth. So a big thank you to the two guys. Now, thanks, guys. Okay, now, today's subject is Sergeant Pepper, or to give it his full title, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Now, Sergeant Pepper has a very vaunted status. It's a very famous album. <clears throat> In fact, I, I, I suggest that if I asked most people to name a Beatle album, a lot of them would come with, up with Sergeant Pepper. And if you looked at, you know, these, these charts that are done in the music press and on online and in social media these days, you know, the top 10 albums of all time or 50 or a hundred chances are that Sergeant Pepper would appear in the top 10 of those at least. So it's a very important album and it has a great reputation. And what we're going to do today is we're going to have a look and see if in our estimation that reputation is justified and we're going to look at the music on it. But before we do that, it is worth saying that unlike most albums, most LPs of the time, uh, there is a diff, there is an extra thing got to do with Pepper. And it, it, it is the identity that he's got because of the time that it was released and what was actually happening. And it was released on the 1st of, of, of June in 1967, which, and if you mention that time to anybody that was around at the time, they, it's the swinging 60s, it's swinging London, it's the whole emergence of the hippie culture, it's the summer of love of 1967, it's free love, it's all of those things. And sometimes when there's something, a phenomenon happens like that, and there's, there can be an individual or a group that's associated with it and put to the vanguard of it. And I think that's what happened with the Beatles. In, in the middle of, of, of 1967. And of course, because the Sgt. Pepper was released at the time, and to be honest, the album plays up to that whole rigmarole anyway, I think it did get quite apart from the music, but it does have an importance in its time. There is a, a time context uh, to this album, which makes it, which, which does have a bearing on how famous that it is. Would you go along with that, bro? I mean, am I, am I, am I on the right track there? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I would agree. I'd go even farther. I think you're right. You see, it just occurs to me listening to you there that Sgt. Pepper, I would bet Sgt. Pepper is the first album a lot of people ever bought because we, you did say the 1st of June 1967, right in the middle of the summer of love in the middle of the 60s, even though it wasn't technically the middle, it really was the middle of the 60s. Wider Shaded Pale was number one. It was Peace, Love, Flowers, Drugs, Boutiques and Swing in London, Granny Takes a Trip. And up until then, up until that year, it had been pretty well singles that dominated the charts. And it, 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 the Beatles had rubber sold and revolver before, but it was with Pepper that they really came of age and, and became 
an album that everybody wanted to have. And it was a kind of a multimedia event as much as an album because it was an amazing, you could spend the whole afternoon as people have done spent months looking at the cover, find out who was on it. It had that blast of, of colour, the deep red on it and the colourful outfits they had. Um, it had the lyrics inside the, the cover, which was something that had never happened before. And it, it, everything about it, it had little gigos you could take out and play with little badges you could put on, whatever. So it was, it was even before you listened to the music, it was an amazing uh, piece of art, shall we say. But like everything else, it's on, it's on the, the music that it will always be judged. And the idea came from McCartney very much in that he was an American. He heard the Grateful Dead and the, the Jefferson Airplane and the Hoobie Groovy 12 String Turned On Folk and Funky Band, all those weird names of bands. And he decided on the way back he, he, that the Beatles should try something with an alter ego. And briefly from that, Pepper was born. The others went along to various degrees or varying degrees of, of enthusiasm. And the, the, the album was recorded and they had plenty of time to record it. So if you go into the music, I let you take it from the first track and see what you think. Yeah, I think we'll I think we'll do that. Um, I I think you caught me out on something on one of the previous uh, podcasts, if I recall. Uh, and I think I'm going I'll to catch you out in lots of stuff. Maybe. I'm going to catch you back, catch you, get you back now because I think, and I could be proved wrong, but I think the lyrics were on the back of the album, not inside. Uh, they, yeah, they were. Sorry, did I say inside? You're conceding yeah, defeat. Yeah. I think we're level now. It's one all. Okay. Okay. If that makes you feel good. Yeah, well, Enjoy well, the rest of the day. You know the way it is. You know the way it is. Sibling rivalry and everything. Okay, seriously to the music. Um, what a lovely opening there is in the album. It's very distinctive. Um, first thing I like about it, and I've always liked about it, and I think it's very, very effective, is the fact that it doesn't begin with music at all. The 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 whole idea it it would appear and a very and, and done very successfully was that. They wanted you to think that you were going to a live show. So they opened the album with the sounds that you, exact sounds that you would get if you had gone into an audience and sat on the, uh, sat on your seat maybe two thirds of the way up towards the stage. And there's a murmur of people around you. There's a, there's a sense of anticipation. Um, and then you would hear the orchestra begin to tune up or just, you know, warm up. And yeah, behind the curtain normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I mean, you know where you are, don't you? You you you, you get a definite feeling of um, there's about to be the, the curtain is about to go back, and then yeah, I, I I I I would say that you're right about that uh, in that it's 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 an event, it's planned as an event. Of course, it was called a concept album, and and the concept being that this is a, a band, an alter ego band called Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And that they're there, and you're uh, you're in the uh, you're in the audience, and they're behind the curtain warming up, and you're you're preparing for the show. It's built up brilliantly that way. Yeah, I agree. And and yeah, it is, and very very effectively. And then the music appears, and it's 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 the the opening track is Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts the Band. It's it's an introduction to what the whole concept is about, as you say. Um, there's something unfinished about the, the track. I've always felt. Uh, uh, but at the same time, it's it's a great guitar intro. It's a good vocal from McCartney. Um, some have described it as a what's the word when you when you when you do something that covers everything that's coming after it? An overture. An overture. 
That's yeah, it is. It is in a way. It's kind of an overture. Yeah, yeah. And it is. You're right. It is unfinished, in that it's it's really an overture, or if you want, it's an intro to the to the the, the singer in the band who's Billy Shears in this particular band, and that's what the guy the the, the guy that the guy you hear first is the sort of the the master of ceremonies, who mightn't necessarily be part of the the band at all, but he's introducing the singer. So it, up until that point, it's a great theatrical experience. Yes. Yeah, and isn't it funny when you think about it that we, we get to that point at the at the end of the opening track, um, which is a which is a good track. It's not it's not brilliant, but it's 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 a very good opener. Good, uh, good. Slightly, it could have been slightly longer as a single song, but it's good and it works in the context it was meant. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And it also leads in. There is exactly what you just said. It's as if the ringmaster, um, at the coming to the end of it, says, "Okay, and now here we are," and introduces. Billy Shears, who's Ringo, of course. And but the thing about it is, does and not to look too far ahead, but but does that fade out then? That whole idea fade out from pretty much from there on. It does. And that's the point. It's not a concept album at all. The rest of the songs could be on any album, except for the, the reprise of Sgt. Pepper, a very brief one, which comes second last track on the album. The rest of them are just songs. So the idea of the concept, it always gave me the impression that. It, it, they took it that far and then they couldn't be arsed going any farther with that because they just wanted to get on with, with putting songs down. So it isn't a concept album, for instance, in the way that the Who's Tommy was, that all the songs did gel into each other. It didn't happen like that in Pepper. Yeah, there was, the, yeah, the, but they had done a, an amazing job up to that point if they wanted to, if they had wanted to. Um, not saying that there's any great relationship between a song about. A uh, little help from your friends and the and the intro. But anyway, speaking of little help from my friends, um, I love. I again, I wouldn't rate. I wouldn't rate it as a, as a great track. But I've always loved it because there's something childish about it, and it does express. It sort of expresses a a, a a feeling, you know, that is as relevant today as it ever was and will be in a hundred years' time. With a little help from your friends, it's it sort of says you can get a you can get along, you can get by, um, if you if you have a, a little help, a little dig out from your friends, and it's well sung, considering that it's in a Ringo old. kind of a way. Yeah, I mean it's you, you don't expect much, but it's it it yeah. suited it suited his voice. Oh, it and, did, yeah, it did, and it's it's it's. Um, it, it's kind of a cross between, in, in a weird way, a cross between All You Need Is Love and Yellow Submarine because it has that colourful yellow, uh, that the, the colourful, everything was colour in the mid-60s and was LSD and all that. So this has a, a lot of colour in it as well. Uh, it has a very optimistic, up-tempo feel to it and the beat is good. Uh, the musicianship is good. The musicianship on every track in this album is great. Um, the, uh, the, the, the sentiment is, is a good one. It's like, you know, All You Need Is Love, I get, we can work it out. I get by with a little help, my friend. The Beatles were a very, very optimistic, upbeat, love type group. Whereas the Stones, for instance, would have been different. You know, get off my cloud. I can't get no painted black. So the Beatles were light. The Stones were shade in that way. But it, it was very, very, uh, uh, a very upbeat song. And a, uh, I still think an absolutely great and underrated song. And that led to, what did it lead to? It led into... Uh, LSD, uh, Ryan, did you? Yeah, it did. I mean, it led into Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, which is a 
uh, it's one of the not too many contributions John made on this album, but a great one. And we 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 were saying we would look for any real classic tracks on this album. I think this is a great song because it's. It, I mean, <clears throat> whatever about LSD or not LSD, the lyrics are are drug induced or they're drug related. There's no way out of that. Like you know, marshmallow cloud, whatever they are, reaching up to the sky and all that kind of stuff. But it has a lovely dreamy quality. It, it's in the same family of Lennon songs as I'm Only Sleeping, those kind of songs. But it has a, it has this thing of a dream and waking up almost. Because you, during the verses, you, you could imagine yourself drifting off to sleep with Lennon with that faraway voice. And then you get this thing of Ringo's boom, boom, boom. And they're all in for the chorus. So it kind of wakes you up. But uh, I always thought it was an absolutely brilliant song. Yeah, but it's, it's, you'd, have to, you'd have to admit Anyone listen to it? You know what it's about. I mean, you know, you know that it's. I admit nothing. I admit nothing. Just, I wasn't sleeping. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's tripping. Basically, it's a song about tripping. Or maybe he wasn't tripping when he wrote it or when he performed it. But certainly, that's the impression that that the lyrics would give. Not that that, yeah. as far as the music is concerned, that that has nothing really to do with it. It doesn't make it any better, and it doesn't make it any worse. And. Um, it, I, I'll tell you why I, I would agree with you that it's it's a it's a great song. Yeah, I would. I think it's the first great song on the album, purely because of what you said. You hit it on the head. It's the dreaminess of it. It's the dream quality of it. Uh, whether that's brought on by the by the texture of his voice, or just by the way he delivers it, uh, there's something sort of nasally about it. But I I do love it, and it has the which is true of a lot of Lennon songs. It has the you know, there's a stop in it, and then it's do do do. You know, he starts off. He he tends to do that in a lot of his his songs. Mm, that, that mm, don't mm. run. They don't run completely true at the one tempo or whatever. And um, I think it's. I there think may it's be there may be mixtures. Yeah, there may be mixtures of different bits he wrote at different times or something like that. Yeah, it, could be, it, it always seems to work. Or maybe we've just become so used to them that we think it does. But. Yeah, I, I I would raise uh, Lucy in the Sky, um, despite mm -hmm. all the all the controversy, which is so amusing when you think back and no. Um, so we're agreed that we were agreed yep. it's a good it, it's a goodie a goodie a good one, and it's good one, yeah. <clears throat> strangely I, I said that Lennon doesn't have a huge uh, amount on the album compared to Paul. Lucy in the Sky is followed then by what you could almost call a suite of songs. Am I right, by Paul? There's three yeah, songs in a three, row. Yeah. There's there's a uh, uh, get it getting better, fixing a hole, and she's leaving home. And getting better and fixing a hole are very much of the same ilk. They have the same beat. Now they have the same beat also as uh, a little help for my friend. That bump, bump, Paul, very Paul type upbeat, Penny Lane. That that beat he uses uh, a lot. Good day, sunshine. He uses that beat, and it's an optimistic upbeat kind of beat. If there's such a way of saying it, and it starts with <laughs> getting better and. It, it it it's a uh, uh, I like the I like the song very much. They're, they're, they they I wouldn't call them classic songs. Getting better and fixing a hole, but they're 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 good songs and they have a good feel to them. And I'm I know I'm lumping them two of them together, but I've always done that. Uh, they I always felt that they were sort of one after the other and much of the same thing. Uh, the playing like I think I said already the playing on these songs playing on the whole album is is absolutely brilliant. The bass playing the guitar bits. And and uh, any fill-ins that George Martin used to do are all wonderful. So I would say that that getting better and fixing a hole are both. I'd call them 
I, I wouldn't say classic songs, but I call them good songs. They, 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 they're the essence, in a way, of when somebody says pop songs. Mm. That's really what they are at their best. Yeah, but I, yeah, I'd go along with that. I, would, I certainly wouldn't rate either of them as great songs. Um, and I also think that, that the sequencing of putting, putting, getting better and fixing a hole one after the other, uh, I wouldn't have done it that way, I have to say. I would have perhaps put She's Leaving Home between them because they're exactly the same, the same beat. There's not a whole lot of difference between them um, as songs. They're, they're two alike. I, I would have separated them. They're also, they're also very Paul McCartney. Um, and again, not- But he wrote them. Yeah, I mean, no, but you know what I mean? I mean did, did you expect them to be very John Lennon? No, but I, I, I think, they're, I think they're, they're very sort of, uh, maybe you can drive my car, uh, good day sunshine. It's maybe, maybe they're, Maybe they're just too sort of uh, bubblegummy. They're too bubblegummy for me. I mean, the difference between them and the one that came before them to me is market. But they're good songs. Um, would they have been on other albums? Maybe on Revolver or Rubber Soul. I'm not sure. It would have made a grade, quite frankly. I think they would both have fit, fit on, on Revolver. And they're funny enough, just thinking at this moment, they're, they're sort of a distant trailer of what Paul was going to do in his solo career with Wings, that kind of stuff as well. But I know what you mean about a bit bubblegummy. They visit, they visit the period they came out in, though, as well. Yeah, but, but would, they, would they compare with, with some of the classics on the earlier albums or, or some of the stuff on Let It No. Certainly the White Album, no. I, don't, I mean, I don't think so. Um, <clears throat> they're they're, they're, they're samey, and they... I would, I would say they suited the album as it all, yeah. as the whole project turned out. They suited the album. Um, well, that's them. So, so there's no classic there either. But good songs. Then you have, you have, have you got to remember, bro, we're, 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 we're talking about the Beatles here. Um, you know, we're not talking about your average Johnny and the Rascals or whatever it was that George once said. We're talking about the Beatles. So the standard is high. And when we say they're good songs, they might be brilliant songs from other bands, but... Johnny and the Rascals is a great album. Uh, we went to that another day. What was the thing George said about about uh, Johnny and the Sharks or something? Uh, he wouldn't have Paul McCartney playing for I can't remember who it was now, but it was something quite amusing like that. Uh -huh. We'll clarify it some other time. So, being for the benefit of Mr. Kites. We're well, you left out she's leaving Lennon. home. What about she's leaving home? Oh, sorry, did we miss out on she's leaving home? I think so. Another classic, yes. Oh, absolutely. Not another classic. This is the classic, well, for me, and uh, this will cause a row from people listening in, or uh, at least a difference of opinion. This is the best song on the album, I think, by a mile. Now, I'm, I'm putting my, nailing my flag to the mask or whatever I it is. To the mask, brother. Uh, and uh, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's uh, everything a classic song should be. It's a story, beautifully produced. It's beautifully sung. Uh, McCartney is an absolutely brilliant voice on that song, and uh, strangely enough, not a, not a George Martin production. Uh, um, Paul brought in a different producer for that one, but uh, um, the strings work a tiny bit lush, but it kind of fits the the, the melancholy feel of the song, and uh, it's it's a song that I, I suppose the definition of a classic is. If you listen to it 50 years later, having listened to it about 500 times, it gets better every time. Every time I hear that song, I think it's better. Yeah, it's very, <clears throat> it's very north of England, though. I mean, it's the content of it is, is um, I don't know whether Paul had written the the um, 
whether he had written the 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 soundtrack to the family way when before or after he did that no no well, that came after was it after yeah well after, because you yeah. can see the you can see the nucleus of it in in that in that in the in the story of that song um i i agree with you i think i would class that as a classic yeah it'd be up there in their top 10 maybe of all time the thing about it is it's a, it's a, it's a it's almost a complete paul song uh from start to finish I know John. But it is, yeah, it is. It is a complete yeah. Paul song. Yeah. So it's 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 Paul, which is which is which is why I think in general Sergeant Pepper was a Paul a Paul project. Oh yeah, it was. I mean that song is it comes out with the same type of mind of Paul as Eleanor Rigby. Yeah, exactly. You no, know, it's a story about ordinary people, and and it's the very same kind of a song. It's just that from a musical point of view, it, and a singing and a performing and an arrangement point of view, it is a real classic to me. And yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree. There's, there's, there's nothing else you can call it. I, I think that one would deserve its place on any album. Um, so that gets, get, that gets a big thumbs up. And um, mm-hmm. so that and leads to the last. Really brings the us last. on to being for the benefit of Mister Kite's emphasis on being. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Very quirky John Lennon song that pe- most people know the history of it. He, he went into a secondhand bookshop or an antique shop or something or other, and he found. Um, a poster uh, from the 1800s um, of advertising a fun fair of some sort. And he seemed to put it to music almost line for line, uh, which is a right cop out, uh, the lazy bugger. But anyway, I think the production of this track rather than the track itself is noteworthy because uh, it, it does bring you into a fairground. It, it brings you into the circus. And I suppose that was largely down to George Martin, but it must have been what was Lennon had in his head as well. And I think that's the notoriety of the song. It certainly for me isn't a great song. It's a novelty song of anything, um, but I like it. But I love the I love the I love the arrangement of it, and I I love the special effects. We'd have to call them special effects. Yeah, I mean the song uh, you probably covered it there. I I don't think it's a great song. I think it's a very average song, and I I can prove it in an instant. Take out the 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 circus effects that you were talking about that George Martin put in, and it would sound quite plodding and boring. And it's there's nothing particular to the lyrics. It's just like a menu in a restaurant. So there's nothing. Uh, it's sung in a narrow. It, it, not even the the vocals aren't even all that great. They're good, but by John Lennon's standards, they're average. I would say an average song, which is made a little bit more memorable by an, a a great arrangement, a very atmospheric arrangement, and that's enough you could say about that song. So okay. we move on to side two, and side two yep. starts with a very peculiar track, and a track that I love. I'm not going to say that it's 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 musically that it's fantastic, but. It's very George Harrison. It's George's contribution to the album, the only one he had. And I, I think pretty much the only one he made because he wasn't that interested in the rest of it, uh, I, as I understand it. There's no evidence that he was anyway. But this is, this is very distinctive. Effectively has no place on any Beatle album, um, even Sgt. Pepper, but it's probably best suited to Sgt. Pepper. Um, it's a lovely sentiment. It's, it's, it's very spiritual. Uh, it's very humanistic, if you like. It's it's typical George, um, loving the world and everybody in it, and and telling us all to chill out. Basically, um, uh, it didn't get much attention at the time. <clears throat> in fact, I'll warrant that there are people who bought the album and and never listened to it at all, or maybe listened to it once, which I think is a bit of a pity. Um, and I also have a sneaking suspicion that Lennon, in particular or even McCartney would have been very proud to have that on the album because 
it was another it was another distinctive feature of 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 their development at the time. Uh, John would have would have acknowledged it. I think maybe Paul would have been a bit jealous that he hadn't thought of it himself. But I think it would have gone down with, well with the band. Um, but maybe not with the public so much. It's not a great song. Oh well, it was you know it was I, yeah. I think it was <clears throat> it was just one of these quirky things they did. Mind you, it, it I've often thought if you imagine if you got a kind of a drum, what the, you know, the sample things, and you got this loop, and you put within you, without you, and tomorrow never knows from the preceding album. They would fit really well together and have George sing a little bit of uh, Within You, Without You, and then John do a little bit of Tomorrow Never Knows. You'd get a great track. It's a very atmospheric track. It's, it's an atmosphere. It's India. You can smell the, the, the curries or whatever. And uh, the, the, the lyrics are, are very much, again, all you need is love and, you know, whatever you want. And it's, it's exactly of its time. So I think it's quite worthwhile tracking its own way. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's lovely. It's it's just George. It oozes George, you know. But it's not. It's yeah. not. It wouldn't be a classic. It's not going to be on the greatest hits, Beatle hits that we produce when this is all over. I don't no, think it's no, going to be there. no. I don't and think there's going to be much from this side of the album on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what? Yeah, what comes after that? You got you got lovely Rita, a lovely Rita Mita me, which is which no, is I, a very. No, uh, is it lovely me or is it when I'm sixty four? Oh, sorry, it's when I'm 64, yeah, which is a great song. It is, yeah, isn't it? And most, I, I, I reckon a lot of people listening to this would say, oh, guys, come on, come on, come on. It's not Beatles. But it is, it's a, it's a brilliant... Oh, pure, I mean, we were talking... Song, yeah, no, it's completely like it's Honey Pie, it's, it's uh, Penny Lane, it's uh, Eleanor Rigby, it's, it's She's Leaving Home in a roundabout way. It's, it's McCartney being the, the, the paperback writer, writing books, you know, and, and writing uh, little short stories. And it's it's uh, it's actually a song he wrote when he was very young, but it bounces along, and it's if you know it's it's purely again of its time, Joe. Even though it may have been written a few years earlier, I mean it's it's sunny blazing on a sunny afternoon. It's all of that kind of sunshine, mid sixties, post win in the World Cup, swing in London. All of that is in it, even though it is actually about a, a, something a little earlier. It is. It's, it's back to it's back to the the, the, the couple in she's leaving home. I mean, it is, it's, yeah. it's every summer we can rent a cottage in the Isle of Wight if it's not too dear. I mean, if, if it's not too dear is the giveaway there. It's it's back to McCarthy's yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, upbringing, which was which was frugal and probably, you know. Um, but it's just he does it. He does it so well. It's the song. It is, and it's it's, it's well sung and really. well produced. Yeah. Yeah, it's it. It would fit. What is it? Is it nineteen twenties type of music? It's nineteen twenties music, isn't it? I'd say it's yeah. It's kind of swing, ragtime, jazzy kind of a feel to it. Yeah, mm. he likes that kind of thing. Yeah, Honey he does. Pie yeah, he album. did it on the White Album, the next yeah. album up. Yeah. The very same with Honey Pie, but I think it's. I I would. We agree that that one is a, is a is a great song. I would call it great. Song. I would too. I would too. Like I say, I think that'll surprise people, but. Um, I just I tell you what won't surprise them now that I don't rate the one that comes after it or the, the one or two that come after it. It, it it's another McCartney song that comes after it and it's kind of catchy despite itself but it's a, it's a nothing song that sounds nothing to me lovely reason hmm. and and I, I I it's it just never caught my imagination anyway I don't know about you what you feel uh, I mean I I would 
I would um, I would have the same sentiment actually. In fact, I think I think we could talk about the two uh, the, the two the two songs, "Lovely Read" and, and "Good Morning," because they're they're poles apart because one is so McCartney and the other is very much Lennon. But they're both trivial songs. They're not they're not about they're throwaways in my estimation. There is an exuberance to "Lovely Rita," which is which Paul just does so well, and um, more so than the others. The other song is more cynical. Um, but neither of them, to me, would, um, you know, they, they don't amount to much. They really don't amount to much. They, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't sit well on other albums of the Beatles. I mean, now people no. go, well, so what? They don't have to. What's he saying that for? But it's just, they're... They're, they're crap, Joe, is what you're trying to say. I, know, I, don't, I wouldn't say they're crap, but I... Well, well, for example, I would prefer Lovely Rita to getting better. Now, you... you yeah, so would I. I don't even think that they... I mean, you compare them. I wouldn't really compare them. I mean, Lovely Rita has something going for it, like we said. Uh, Good Morning has nothing going for it. It's just a bark. I, I don't get it at all. Like, it's not, it doesn't deserve to be on the album. It's a nothing, nothing, nothing song. I can see no redeeming features in it whatsoever. A and particularly harsh, not in though, it. A little harsh, no? Oh, well, that's how I am. I'm a, I'm a little honest about it. I don't think, I don't think uh, uh, Good Morning is anything going for it. I don't think it's a song. I don't think it's even worth discussing. It's, it's oh, a blot on the album. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wouldn't be that negative about it, but I <laughs> totally agree that it's 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 not up to much. And by Beatles standards, no, I don't think anyone will, will be listening to "Good Morning, Good Morning" in no. But then, and then, nor will there be to the one that comes after it, the reprise of Sergeant Pepper," which is is it's just a, a kind of I don't know whether it's necessary or unnecessary. I would almost think unnecessary. I mean, if they were to put it at the end of the album, maybe it had some sense, but. It was it was a piece. It was Sergeant Pepper again taken up as a kind of here's the end of the show, but it isn't the end of the show. Well, I think that's I think that's the fault with it. Um, I I I think it has it would have been very relevant had it been the last track on it. It would fade out with it. Uh, it would have made more sense. Although maybe we're just being too too straight about it. Um, I think it was a great idea to reprieve it. I mean, I I, I like the idea of it, and they did it well musically. Although it's only a little snippet. But I, I, I think that the, the, you know, trying to put it in before a day in the life, I, I didn't understand that. Like I say, maybe we're being a bit too structured about it, and people will say, "Well, what?" Well, we are great. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't quite get that either. But I mean, it's fine. It doesn't take from or add to anything on the album, and it's not one that will ever be discussed by anybody. Unlike the last one. Oh yeah, which no, is a day one. in the life. Now, what do you tell me honestly? Your thoughts on that? I, I think it's one, it's it's one of the most overrated Beatles songs uh, in their catalogue. That's in a nutshell. What I and I'm not I wouldn't be as as harsh as you were about Good Morning, but I I simply don't see the brilliance. Um, I think I don't see the brilliance of a day in the life. Um, I it's 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 a worthwhile piece of music, but. To me, it doesn't. It's not something I'd I'd call up on on iTunes or whatever if if I just wanted to listen to these songs. I wouldn't do it. It's now. And the funny thing is, I know people whose whose opinion I respect greatly, and they would swear the very opposite. They reckon this is the mecca. This is this is the holy grail of Beatles songs. I do not. They're agree. wrong. Not, They're completely wrong. Happy you say I, that because. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it's if, if this the, the mecca of music, it's the mecca of nothing. It's I'll tell you what it is. It's a piece from John joined to a piece from Paul 
They don't even connect, except Paul throws the lyric, somebody spoke and I went into a dream and it's supposed to lead into... It's, there isn't anything in it, and I've never... And this is where I would, I would part company with all the Beatles scholars and writers and people that I've read and I admire in other words people like Ian MacDonald for instance but but they all claim and I, it's it's to me this is the prime example in Beatle uh, uh, history of the king's new clothes you know they, they're the emperor's new clothes yeah. whatever the hell had the new clothes the world, who's actually in the nude there isn't anything there yeah, that, no. now I mean I know that people will say oh no but you're talking about a day in the life oh, yeah I am but I don't care. It's not a, a you know holy writ to me. I just think the song is wildly overrated, completely why, why, overrated. Why do you think it has that that reputation? What what was it? I about? don't know. It shouldn't. I only know it shouldn't. It may be because it was the last track on Sgt. Pepper. I don't know, and I've I've thought over the years many times. I must be missing this. I must be missing. I must listen to it again. No, I I diss the song completely. If and I'll take what's coming for that. Yeah, if you were missing it, then I'll be up against the wall with you because I, I, I but then again, I mean, I, I have, I have form here in that, um, in that tomorrow never knows. I've yet to see what the brilliance of that is either. No, I, I would, I would disagree to an extent about tomorrow never knows. I can, I can get the feel of that all right, but not, not uh, because tomorrow never knows is a one piece and it builds. This is a disjointed thing that jumps around and. It doesn't have anything, and uh, anything that, that grabs my attention, and the whole thing with the orchestra doesn't nothing for me whatsoever. Absolutely well, the big crescendo, like, the big build-up, is it? Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's supposed to be clever, and it's, it's nothing. It's just like a piece that was taken out of Revolution Number no. Nine on the White Album. It doesn't mean anything to me. The track to me is absolutely subpar for the beat. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Well, yeah, I agree. I, 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 I don't think the criticism of of, of it being being two different pieces, uh, and even if they don't gel together, which I I tend to agree with you, they have done that successfully in other in other in other songs. Um, but it's just no, it doesn't it doesn't simply doesn't do it doesn't float my boat at all. Um, so I wouldn't see it as the great song that it's generally regarded as. Um, okay, so you, what, we're, what we're saying here is they went out on a bit of a whimper on that album. And that means that if you look back over it, there are only two songs that we consider great. Isn't that right? Yeah, there's, there's uh, She's Leaving Home and, and yeah. uh, When I'm 64. Yeah, now we're not, go you know, that wouldn't be a popular viewpoint. But we're not in the business of making popular viewpoints. No, 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 no. We're giving our opinion on that and... and, and we mightn't agree on everything, but we seem to agree on that. There's, there's nice pop songs like the, 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 the title track, like uh, Getting Better. Little Help and, From My Friends, which is beautiful. Little Help From My Friends, very much so. Very Little Help From My yeah, Friends. Lucy in and, the Sky. Yeah, Lucy in the Sky, definitely. They're all good songs, but I, I wouldn't call them classics. Um, the uh, uh, She's Leaving Home is a classic song, in my estimation. And... and uh, when I'm 64, the same because it's it it just I don't I won't go back into it now, but it, it's it's a song that could be sung by anybody, and you can imagine different people doing it and all that. Mm. Can't happen with the others, uh, with the exception, of course, I should say, of a little help. My friends has proved to have some incredible covers done of that, particularly the one by Joe Cocker. Mm. But it's a collection of some good, 
one or two very good uh, uh, and and two classic songs, Pepper. Not a concept album. It was a multi-visual oral uh, experience. And as an album, to me, it wouldn't be on a par with the White Album, Abbey Road or Revolver and even even, uh, uh, Hard Day's Night, although people might find that sacrilegious. Well, I certainly wouldn't. Um, Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's a fair synopsis of where we find ourselves. Makes you wonder, though, I mean, even taking the context that I, I, I sort of mentioned in the beginning, um, it's, it's hard to see how is this so, in our estimation, how is it so badly evaluated then? Was it purely tied to the time and the, and the, the atmosphere yeah. that existed? Yeah, like, like we said at the beginning, that's, that's the whole point. Like, uh, it's, it's, it's of its time and it was central to what was happening in the summer of love, 1st of June, 1967, flowers, drugs, swing in London, all that. All of that informed the album and made it an experience. But what we did was strip away all of that and just look at the bare bones of which has to be the bare bones of any album, the music in it. And that's what we discussed. The rest is all brilliant. The music is average. Mm. Yeah, the cover was 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 revolutionary, but unfortunately, yeah, the cover you know, was revolutionary. But you're never going to, you know, you don't have to be a great musician to make a, the cover no, revolutionary. No, 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 no. Okay, listen, look, that's I, I enjoyed that. That's that's uh, we're going to get savaged for that. We're going to get savaged, but so be it. That's our opinion. Uh, although maybe not, you know, maybe there's a lot of people. The old, the old, uh, the old uh, prince's new clothes or the king's new clothes. <clears throat> that might be I might or the be, emperor. Or the emperor, whoever. I don't know who it is. Someone had new clothes on you. <laughs> I think it was the emperor now that you mentioned. Okay, listen, very enjoyable. Very enjoyable, and we'll pick it up. Uh, what do you reckon we might look at next? Why don't we? Why don't we look at? Um, why don't we look at the songwriting? The songwriting teams or, or people or artists that were that were operating at the same time that the Beatles for the. All oh, right, I th- yeah. We'll That's a good idea. Other, I think we'll give that a shot next and see who their contemporaries oh, were. I like that. Oh man, you got something in that period. There was some amazing, uh, mm. some amazing songwriters coming. That, that is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. We'll try that. We'll try that next time out. In the meantime, folks, uh, au revoir and uh, keep listening to the Beatles. Okay. A bientôt. Uh, all you need is love. <laughs> bye bye.